Welcome to another episode of Two Strike Noise, your weekly baseball history podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Jeff. Joining me, as always, from our remote studio in the Pacific Northwest is my co-host, Mark A. Johnston. Mark, how you doing? Hey, Jeff, doing well. Really excited to talk about some baseball history today. How are you doing? Before we get into our main part of our show this week, let's, as always, go ahead and take a little batting practice. Warm up the uh, the bones for the last time here, maybe in the regular, well, in the regular season. Today, the playoffs are starting today, and it's going to be a smorgasbord, shall we say, a cornucopia mm-hmm. of baseball through the end of the World Series. I think the World Series might be the only series that they're going to have an off day, if that. Because it's going to be baseball everywhere. A lot of baseball. Yeah, I'm looking forward to just I'm, I'm thinking about just parking myself at Buffalo Wild Wings every morning and just watching baseball and eating wings for, you know, three weeks straight or whatever it's going to be. I'm not going out at all still. Oh, don't worry. I'm wearing a mask. Uh, it's not a regular mask. Yeah, that's kind of hard when you're eating wings, though. Yeah, well, th- that's the thing. It's not a regular mask. It's a, a mask of George H.W. Bush. Uh, it's the only one I had, and I tore the bottom out so I could eat the wings. So really, it works. Uh, very it really effective. scares people, but it works. Very yeah. effective. Yeah. All right, let's. Uh, I wanted to to talk about something because since our last uh, last episode, the playoffs have been set. Like I said, they started today. I just wanted to, and I know that this is going to be painful for you, but with the with the Miami Marlins making the playoffs this year. They were clearly not the team that has has the longest playoff drought in Major League Baseball, but they had the second longest drought in playoff baseball, and that's now been erased. Yeah, that, that's pretty exciting for us. You, you, here. you know where I'm leading. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we're all big fans of this uh, this awesome record that we hold currently. Yeah, I mean the 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 Mariners' playoff drought last year could vote. This year, it's it's become even closer to being able to drink legally. It has been since yeah. 2001 <laughs> since the Seattle Mariners made the playoffs in baseball, which is, yeah. that's rough. I mean, Albert Pujols and Ichiro were both rookies in 2001 when the Mariners last made the playoffs. So Yeah, that, that hurts. That's two Hall of Fame careers, one of which is still even going on. Since the last time the Mariners were yeah. in the postseason. <laughs> well, I tell you what, if you were born in 01 and you got to be a part of that 116 win season as an infant, you've graduated high school. So congratulations. Well, yeah, you're and, in college. Uh, you you're vo- the right college. You're voting. You're you're. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in that time, Albert Pujols made, has made the playoffs eight times since that 2001 rookie year. <laughs> Good for him. All right. Good for him. Ichiro, who spent most of his career with the Mariners, even has made the playoffs since then. Besides that 2001 ALCS, he went to the playoffs with the Yankees in 2012. He did. He he tasted it again after that that first time. That's right. Well, I got some more numbers for you. I just I I wanted just to look at some of the other records around baseball and things that have happened since the Mariners last made the postseason. So the Mariners since 2002 through last year, I'm not including their record from this year. The Mariners went 1,388. Those are wins and they lost 1,528. There are about 150 wins, 160 wins under 500. So they're just basically one season of being undefeated away from being 500 ball. Some yeah. other other franchises that are known for their futility. I, I totaled their record from 2002 through last year as well. Now, it happens that two of these franchises have made the playoffs this year. The first, which is the Marlins, who their record since 2002 is 1,363 to 1550 so they have they've lost 22 more games than the mariners well that's uh heartwarming uh the pirates uh, have won 1342 games they've lost 1569 games so that's 41 more games they've lost than the mariners and then (laughs) the padres who you know are obviously look like they're probably going to be on on the winning side of the record for the next good bit 
who also made the playoffs this year, they are, uh, they've had 1,353 wins and 1,564 losses. So just about 10, 10 game difference than, than the Mariners, you know, and, but uh, they live in San Diego, you know, so they got a little better off. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, the Mariners have some prospects, but I, I would say the Padres immediate future definitely looks brighter. Well, you know what? You mean that Fernando Tatis guy? Yeah. Yeah, he looks like he might be all right. Yeah. I think that I think they'll probably be okay. In this uh, in this time frame also the Yankees have made the postseason 14 times. That that hurts worse than the Mariners not making it at all. Yeah, but okay, but this will help you. They, so they've made the playoffs 14 times. They've only won the World Series in that interim one time in 2009. That's true, yeah. So that's 13 times that they have not won the World Series since the Mariners last made the playoffs. Wow. 13 times they've made it and didn't win. Yeah. I know we have Yankees fans that listen to this show. They've contacted me, so I'm not going to be so anti-Yankee anymore. But uh, no deep in my heart that I still am. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I thought it would be nice to mention Felix Hernandez, whose entire career, entire major league career, since he did not play for the, the Braves this year, has been encompassed on the Mariners since this streak started. His rookie year was 2005. He last pitched in the big leagues for the Mariners in 2019. And I, I don't know. I, I was looking at, I had originally written down his entire Hall of Fame career, but I was looking at his numbers. I I don't know if Felix Hernandez makes the Hall of Fame. He's, I, I don't think he's certainly a first ballot Hall of Famer. I would be interested to hear what other people think. No, I'm, I'm actually, I think he's borderline. You know, I agree. Not a first ballot, but I think he's I think he's a borderline Hall of Famer. He was definitely the most dominant pitcher for a spell. And that's something to be considered and, you know, uh, consistently good for quite a while. But is it a Hall of Fame career? Eh, I don't know. I'm really interested to see what happens. We'll see what he does, you know, when he signs inevitably with the uh, Australian Baseball League. See how yeah. that helps him. I'm stoked for that. I'm still calling that. All right. So other things I just wanted to mention. Oliver Perez. He was a rookie in 2002, still kicking around in the majors. He's been to the playoffs four different times. He's also for him. played for almost every team in the league, except for the, no, he played for, yeah, he was on the Mariners for two years. Oh, yeah. Those were two years he did not make the playoffs, obviously. <laughs> you know, that's like a deduction if you, you know, given the, the postulation that all fish swim and that all tippers are fish, you could look at that and go look then all kippers swim right so same idea he was on the mariners he didn't make the playoffs <laughs> we're stunned why oliver perez has appeared in 690 games in his major league career over 18 years wow. that's a lot wow. of, a lot of baseball but what i think he's a lefty isn't he uh yeah, yeah he's a lefty so. so that 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 explains that i guess yep all right, so that's, I just, I thought that would be, I knew you'd really enjoy just looking at a couple of things, you know, that have happened oh, yeah. in baseball since the Mariners last. I, I appreciate I mean, your thoughtfulness. That last time the Mariners were in the playoffs, though, it was exciting enough to, to maybe get you through these last 19 years. I don't know, it's a long time. It's a long time. And this would have been the year. I mean, this the the Astros made it, and they're the first team in Major League history to make the playoffs with a sub-500 record. It just seems like it was made for the Mariners, but no. <laughs> uh, yes. I tell you what, you know what? I should do a show just on the 01 Mariners pennant chase because, or the 116 wins because I, I, went, I was there for that whole thing, and I, I got some inside stuff that's pretty fun. But, uh, you know, I hadn't thought of that until now. Until just, well, there you go. There's your next week. Bang. Done. There you go. Tune in next week. No, that'll be fun. I think I, I want you to do that. That would that would be very interesting. Yeah. All right. So, Mark, this show is debuting on September 29th. Uh, so let us look at a couple of people that made their Major League Baseball debuts today. The first one I wanted to talk about made his debut in 1923 for the New York Giants. It was Hack Wilson. 
Hack Wilson has a, a couple places in, in baseball history that are pretty impressive. Yeah, one of which is still a record, which is, yes. I think, why I know the name Hack Wilson is his uh, season of 1930 when he drove in 191 runs in one season. It used to be 190, but they found one. Yes, they found one. They dug it up going through uh, through some old box scores and game accounts. So Hack Wilson, as I said, made his debut for the New York Giants. He was inducted into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame in 1979. He played for only 12 years in the big leagues. He led the league in home runs uh, four out of the five years between 1926 and 1930 when he was then playing for the Cubs. 1929 through 1930, he led the league in RBIs with 159 and then that 191 total, which is still, as we mentioned, the major league record. Manny Ramirez is the most recent player that even came close. He had 165 in 1999. Which is insane. That that 165 is the 14th highest single season total. That's, that's, Not even close. Funny. That, but that was the highest RBI total for a single season since 1938. Lou Gehrig wow. had 185 the year after Wilson set the mark. And Wilson's mark had actually bested Lou Gehrig before that. So Lou Gehrig wow. was just an RBI machine, obviously. He was good, I hear. Hack Wilson ended with a 38.2 career war, a 144 OPS+. Plus. Found some interesting information about Mr. Wilson. He was only five foot six inches tall, weighed 195 pounds. Famed sports writer Shirley Povich later said this about him. He said, quote, he was built along the lines of a beer keg. <laughs> and uh, he is actually now recognized as probably having suffered from fetal alcohol syndrome. Some of his physical characteristics are what people are drawing this from. He himself, though, also a big fan of the drink. On May 24th, yeah. 1926, he hit the center field scoreboard with one of the longest home runs in Wrigley Field history as the Cubs came from behind to beat the Boston Braves. Later that evening, he made news yet again when he was arrested during a police raid of a Prohibition-era speakeasy while trying to escape through the rear window. He was released and fined $1. This is another quote from Mike Royko of the Chicago Sun-Times, an article he did in 1981. Quote, Hack Wilson usually played in the outfield, but I'd have put him at first base because he wouldn't have had as far to stagger to get to the dugout. End quote. <laughs> wow. Another another quote about uh, about his drinking. This one from Wilson himself. He said, uh, he insisted that he never played drunk, quote, hungover, yes, drunk, no. So, <laughs> Hack, Hack Wilson, big fan of the Hack drinks. Wilson, ladies and gentlemen. He'll be here all week. Uh, next uh, guy made his debut in 1976 today, the Red Baron. This is becoming a guy that we talk about almost every single podcast. It is my least favorite baseball color guy. It's funny because he's uh, redheaded. Uh, Rick Sutcliffe. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Sutcliffe yeah. came up with the Dodgers. He was actually the rookie of the year in 1979. His, he made his major league debut in 76, but didn't qualify as a rookie until 1979 when he was in enough games. He won the rookie of the year that year. He also won the National League Cy Young Award in 1984 a season in which he was traded from Cleveland to the Cubs midseason. Well, that's weird. Yeah, it's really weird. He, he started the season four and five with a 5.15 ERA in 15 starts with Cleveland. He was then traded to the Cubs where he made 20 starts, went 16 and one with a 2.69 ERA and won the National League Cy Young Award with all 24 first place votes. What in the world? That's crazy. That is nuts. July 29th, 1988, Rick Sutcliffe did something that has not been uh, done since. He, as a pitcher, stole home during an 8-3 to win over the Phillies, in which he earned the win. What in the world? I have to assume it was like on the back end of a double steal or something. Had to have been, yeah. 
can't see him breaking for home in no. a straight steal. It's <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. 18 seasons he pitched, uh, amassed a 171-139 record, a 4.08 ERA, a 33.9 war, and he accumulated double-digit wins in 10 of his 18 seasons. Rick Sutcliffe made his debut today. All right, Mark, I asked a trivia question last week. We've got several several uh, listeners that will write in and, and try to give me the answer to these uh, questions. And I told you last week I was going to step it up because too many people got the, the question last week correct. Right. I feel like I, I've accomplished my goal. Nobody has come in with the correct answer to this question. So I'm going to ask you one more time. Name me the only state in which there has been a single regular season Major League Baseball inside the park home run. Right. And I believe my my original answer was Colorado. And that is that is not true. There's been many, many inside the park home runs in. I said that was my original answer. OK. <laughs> I don't know what my next answer is, though. So. <laughs> so, yeah, I threw it out there. I mean, the, the A's at one point played a homestand or two in Las Vegas. When mm-hmm. uh, when Mount Davis, unfortunately, was being finished up in, in Oakland, um, you know, there there are these odd games. Now there was going to be the Field of Dream games this this year that right. didn't happen. There's for the troops games or whatever, where they where they play on stadiums that are just built for a single game, essentially. Mm-hmm. Well, do you remember? Because I, I and I did not remember this until I read this story and then I vaguely remembered this and I I think it'll be clear why I remember it probably a little bit better here in a minute. 1997. Do you remember when the St. Louis Cardinals and the San Diego Padres played a series in Hawaii? Absolutely not. I have no (laughs) recollection of that. (laughs) I did not at all remember this until I started reading this story. They played a three-game series at Aloha Stadium. During that game, or during that series, Ron Gant hit a ball to left center field for the Cardinals. Center fielder at that point for the Padres, Ricky Henderson, which is why it all started to get a little bit more clear, dove at the wall for this ball but missed it. And the ball kicked around. By the time Ricky got up, got the ball, threw it back in, Gant crossed home plate, scoring the only inside-the-park home run ever hit in the regular season in Hawaii by a Major League Baseball player. And there you have it. Where else are you going to find out this stuff except for here on Two Strike Noise? Hawaii. The I think that was the last state to, to officially join the United States, correct? Is the Yeah, I believe so, and it would have been my last guess. <laughs> I know, because who, I, I mean, I don't even do, are Cardinals and Padres fans, do they even remember this series? Because I didn't, until this article shook my, the cobwebs out of my head, I, I did not remember it. No, I have no recollection of that. That's funny. All right, so I got a question for you again for next week. And this one, again, I think this is answerable. I think... I think if you give it some thought, you can come up with this one. Who is the only player to be an all-star with the same team in both leagues? So, same team, American League, National League. So, there's been a couple of them recently. Obviously, there were, in in the history of baseball, there's been several teams that have played in both leagues. an all-star that was on a team when it was in the National League and then when it was in the American League. Okay. All right. I got a few guys that come to mind. Yeah. So okay. think about that think one. About that. See what you can come up with. Uh, listeners, come at me. You know, let's let's hear it. Let's uh, see if you, you guys can redeem yourself for last week for not That's getting right. Hawaii. Come on, man. <laughs> you have to ask you the impossible question and no one got it. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's wrap up our BP segment for this week. Have the grounds crew come and do their things. Mark, I believe you have some stuff that you want to talk about this week that uh, could be fun. And uh, I already asked you if Ricky Henderson was included in this, and you said no. And I, I had a, a sigh of relief. What do you What do you want to talk about here this week? I I was going through and I was reading some of the. Uh, you had done a, a story about Babe Ruth myths. I was reading. Um, about the the sick little sick boy Johnny Sylvester. Yep. Who asked Babe to hit a home run for him, and he 
of course, did, and, and how that has become more legend and lore than what we may have remembered it as. He was not uh, as as needy as uh, as Billy Billy Bradley no, Bill, Bob Asperani's little yeah pain Billy's in the butt. Billy's problem, yeah, Billy is a narcissist. That's all there is. To it. <laughs> but it, it was that World Series? So I started looking at it, and and uh, it it is an interesting World Series, best of seven. And uh, it was uh, between the Cardinals and the Yankees. They played it um, in Yankee Stadium and Sportsman's Park. This was the the first appearance of the Cardinals in the World Series. So the Yankees cards. So game one, uh, the Yankees send Herb Pinnock out to the mound. He gets he gets a big win. And in game two, Grover Cleveland Alexander, you heard of him. The president, right? Yeah, Gro- yes, President Grover Cleveland Alexander. Uh, even the series for St. Louis. So it was one game apiece. And then they sent up a guy named Jesse Haynes. St. Louis had a, a knuckleballer named Jesse Haynes that I want to do a little more research on. Is he shut him out. Um, and, and that was that's pretty impressive. Knuckleballers usually all over the place. So uh, and we get to game four, which is the game. Babe Ruth hit three home runs in one game. Okay. So that was that was a pretty good day. Pretty good. Yeah. And and, and Johnny Sylvester, the boys condition miraculously improved. And, of course, we have the mystery behind the did it ever even happen. So we get to game seven. Yankees are down three to two in the bottom of the ninth. Okay, so you got that figured out. Babe Ruth is up. He walks. Okay, and this brings up Bob Musil. So we got Ruth on first, two down. Bob Musil, pretty darn good hitter at the plate. Babe Ruth, first pitch, takes off for second base. Besides, he's going to steal second on the first pitch. In game seven of the World Series, ninth inning, down by a run. Well, he gets thrown out, and that's it. That's the game. Cardinals win. He's the only player still to ever record the final out of the World Series by being caught stealing. Yeah, Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. <laughs> I mean, I don't look at him as the picturesque sprinter. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let me ask you this. How many, and maybe you know this off the top of your head because maybe you'd looked it up like i just did how many career stolen bases do you think babe ruth had he had he had a decent amount if i remember correctly he had 123 not bad he stole double digits five times with a high of 17 twice but get this he stole 123 in his career he got caught 117 so that's that's not a good good ratio all right sorry about that (laughs) It's funny. Well, it got me thinking about what are some of the other dumb things that ballplayers have done over the course of the years. And so I picked out some of my favorites. And and this is why I ask, is Ricky Henderson included in this? Right. No, (laughs) Ricky didn't make the list. And I also I didn't put on the list anybody that, you know, ruined a great career by turning to drugs, stuff like that. That's pretty stupid stuff. But that's not what this story is about. Here's one that comes to mind. The first thing I thought of was, let me just say, Jeremy Giambi. Ugh. All right. Right. Am I, well, you know what he's I'm an idiot. About. He is an idiot. And I'm not just talking about the play, the Jeter flip. He's just an idiot, yeah. period. If you don't know what I'm talking about, folks, it's Jeremy Giambi was coming home and, and to score. And there was an errand throw from right field. And it starts rolling. And Jeter runs up. Derek Jeter runs up for the Yankees, grabs it and flips it to the catcher. Who, who tags out Jeremy Giambi. Up, uh, he the was problem is up the first baseline. That's why this is so weird. Cause Jeter yeah. obviously a shortstop. This is uh, the, the ball gets by, I think it, who was it? Tino at first. Yeah. A- and, and is rolling down the first baseline towards home. And Jeter, for some reason is there, picks it up and flips it to Posada as, mm-hmm. uh, as Jeremy Giambi's rounding third he, coming on. Here's the problem. Giambi, as he's coming home, if he slides, he's safe. All he's got to do is hit the dirt. He decides he's going to tiptoe into home plate. Posada tags him, and he's out. I mean, it was just, why didn't you slide, dude? It was the Yankees, man. Obviously, this is a, a big a big thing for me. I remember exactly where I was. I was actually working at Atlanta Thrasher's hockey game at this point and uh, watching it because the the hockey game had just ended and we were watching it on TV there. And I was actually there with some people from New York, big Yankees fans when this happened. 
And uh, so it was a tough day for me. But now this is my question. I don't know, and I'd have to watch the video. Was anybody there at home plate from the A's? You know how the if somebody scores ahead of you or the on-deck batter comes mm-hmm. out there and they're telling you whether to get down and slide or if they, you know, slide to this side or this side or stand up. Was there anybody yeah. there telling him to do that? I don't remember. I, I, yeah. So Mike Messina, there it is. Double down the right field line. Giambi, you can almost see the piano strapped to his back. Shane Spencer picks it up and right. Oh, okay. There is Ramon Hernandez is the, the catcher is actually on deck and he actually throws his hands up, which is traditionally the sign for stand up. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's telling him to stand up. Yeah. Well, that's just as dumb. That, that is. I mean, to be honest, now, knowing Jeremy Giambi and the things that he's done, this was not the stupidest thing he did in an A's uniform. Yeah, he wasn't known for being the best clubhouse personality. Another one that I thought of, how about when I say Kendra's Morales? (laughs) (laughs) Does that make you think of something dumb? Uh, Uh, I think of it a home run celebration is probably what it is. Yes. He hits a game winner, walk off home run. It's It's a dream come true. It's what we all dreamed of when we were kids. He's coming home. The the whole team is surrounding him, waiting for it. Right before the home plate, he decides he's going to jump up in the air and land with both feet on home plate, which was kind of dumb because his cleats slipped on the, you know, home plate is kind of slick. And he hit the ground hard and shattered his leg and did not play anymore that season. Another guy that was doing a little research about stupidity was a guy named Brett Barbary. Oh my God, that is a name I haven't. Sorry, we haven't pulled his card in wax packs. Yeah, yeah. Barbary was a, uh, a Marlin, a Florida Marlin. He got injured at home, unfortunately. You see, what he did was he was cooking a meal and he was chopping up some chili peppers and uh, he accidentally rubbed his eye. <laughs> so he got, <laughs> he got chili pe- pepper in his eye. And as he tried to get his contact out he ripped the contact and it gave him a little cut on the eye so he uh he missed a game because he was uh too busy rubbing his eyes after chopping up some nice hot chilies you remember this one adam eaton has a uh, an interesting injury that caused him to miss some baseball he had a new dvd was very excited to watch he couldn't get the plastic case open so he took out a paring knife (laughs) you see where this is going yeah i do and uh, Adam decides he's going to open it that way and stabs himself real good in the hand, can't pitch, misses a few games because he decided uh, he needed to watch this DVD without, you know, properly opening it. Folks, there's a proper way to open it. Any word on what it was? I think it was grease. No, I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> Inside joke. Sorry. Um, and then how about, how about Mr. Joel Ozumai? You remember that guy? I, I, I do. And I, I know where you're going with this one too. He had a fastball that he could get up to 104 mile an hour. Could just burn it. And uh, 2006 ALCS, he couldn't play because of an inflamed right forearm. Now, how did he hurt his right forearm, folks? He was playing too much Guitar Hero. He was trying to beat the game playing Guitar Hero nonstop, and he blew up his pitching arm, and it cost him three games during the Tigers' postseason. Now, the Tigers still won, but, I mean, Guitar Hero, that's a fun game. But, I don't know, if you're in the uh, ALCS, you might want to take a little better care of your arm if you're a pitcher. I'm just saying. Um, Chita State, the Shockers. They're facing University of Evansville, and there's a guy in the mound named Ben Christensen. So Ben Christensen is 21 and one. Okay, he is an absolute ace, and he's going to be a top 10 pick in the June draft. So Anthony Molina from Evansville steps into the on deck circle, and he's a lot of players will do this. They'll stand there and they'll try to time the pitches as the pitcher throws mm-hmm. the ball in. They'll they'll stand there and time it how they would swing. Mr. Christensen was not a fan of people trying to line up his pitches and time them. And uh, he, in fact, he was taught if someone do that, did that to knock them down with the first pitch. Well, he didn't wait to the first pitch, you know, right in the eye. Is, is this between innings? Yeah, he's, he's warming up. Okay. 
and and he throws hits Molina in the face, right in the left eye, and he needed 23 stitches to close the injury. Christensen said, "Hey, you know, my coach taught me to throw near batters who who tried to time you. I don't think he meant when they were in the on deck circle." <laughs> pretty dumb uh he dropped from a top five pick to the 26th overall pick and uh, i don't think he ever did anything too exciting after that but uh, what would he have thought of adrian beltre remember that that time adrian beltre it was probably joe west because you know it's joe west was mad because beltre was too close to the the, the batter uh, beltre was on deck taking his swings and was too close and I think it was Joe West stopped him and told him to get back to the, you know, closer to the on-deck circle. So Beltre went and grabbed the on-deck circle and dragged it closer to home plate. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> that was hilarious. He looks at him like, what, what's your problem? Oh, that's the problem? Fine, I'll bring it over here. <laughs> yeah, it was a blowout. The, the Rangers were losing and Adrian Beltre just being Adrian Beltre said, mm-hmm. here, there, now, here you go. Yeah, I remember that. So um, you probably have a few dumb memories that uh, and I'm not talking from your, your days in Little League. I've got but, some. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's funny because you know who Joe Adele is. We're, we're a baseball history podcast, but Joe Adele is one of the biggest prospects in, in Major League Baseball right now for the California yes. Angels. California. Yes. See, we are a baseball history podcast. The Los Angeles we st- Angels of Anaheim. No, we're still going to refer to them as the California Angels. Because <laughs> we're history. That's right. That's right. So uh, you remember Jose Canseco when he was with the with the Rangers and he went back and was playing right field and, and misplayed a ball and it knocked him in the head and went over the, the fence yes. for a home run. Well, Joe that Adele. Yeah, Joe Adele earlier this year didn't hit him in the head, but he misplayed a ball and it bounced out of his mitt and went over for what they called a four base error. Versus a home, <laughs> versus a home run. Well, in this last weekend of the regular season, he did it again. He went back, and it was oh going to be goodness. a good play. I think it was on Saturday night, and he went back, and right before the wall, it went in his mitt, and then it bounced right back out over for the second time in this season. I mean, <laughs> that's just that's crazy that uh, that that would happen. That's not so much a dumb play like Canseco's, which. You know, it wasn't really dumb. It's just when well, you miss the ball completely. <laughs> well, just the fact that he got hit in the head is uh, anytime you get hit in the head, unless it's, you know, 100% intentional, it, it's kind of dumb. So I've got one more, and I had this written down, uh, saved for a, a Tales from the Dugout, but I think we'll use it now. Maury Wills. Oh, I'm not sure how often we've talked of Maury Wills. I know him not as a player. Well, I mean, I know him as a player because I, I, he was a, always a speedy guy, had a lot of yeah. stolen bases. You know, that's I know I know guys that that steal bases. Those are the kind of guys I know. Mari Wills had 587 stolen bases in his career, led the league six years in a row, stole over 100 in 1962 for the Dodgers. Real fast guy. He also went on to manage later on in his career unfortunately yeah and and he managed the mariners and this might be part of you know this is a just this falls in line with the mariners kind of sad sack history that we were kind of touching on it does, it does. and he had some things that he did as manager of the mariners that just it that are, this just and crazy he dressed one of his friends up in uniform one game no contract yeah. just like, hey, you come sit on the dugout. Then he tried to put him in the game, went out to, to take the outfield, had no uniform number on his back. That's that's what that's what f- f- people first realized. Uh, yeah, that's uh, I don't think you're supposed to be here. <laughs> um, one time they were playing against the White Sox and uh, it was later in the game and they were trying to, you know, a little bit of strategy needed to be involved here because Harold Baines was uh, getting ready to come up to bat. Uh, The tying run was on base. So instead of having a left-handed pitcher come in to face Baines or walking Baines to get to a right-hander who, you know, there was a right-hander on the mound, he pitched to Baines instead who roped an RBI double. Afterwards, Willis answered, who'd ever heard of Harold Baines? So some (laughs) really good, uh, you know, sense of what's going on in baseball. Took yeah. a lineup card out to the, to the umpires at the start of the game with two third basemen and no center fielder. 
tried to have the same guy pinch hit in the game twice. Uh, just, <laughs> I mean, this is stuff that this would happen to me if I was ever managing. I got a whole list of things here, but Maury Wills, obviously a much better baseball player, even a better base stealer, even though his uh, career percentage was only about 50%, uh, much better than he was a manager. So he didn't manage a full season. <laughs> I can't think no, he, makes sense. he made a lot of mistakes, you know, the, 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 the pinch hitters, the, the two third basemen. Um, how about extending the batter's box? He actually had the, uh, at the kingdom, he had the grounds crew move the batter's box a foot forward. <laughs> so they could, his players could actually try and hit the curveball before it dove too much. And nobody ever got to play because everybody walked out and the umpire went, well, that doesn't look right. And then find out later it was, <laughs> it was Maury Wills who decided, he wanted to uh, he wanted to make things a little better for his players. So that's just another one. I've seen that happen. I don't want to say on purpose, but I, I remember maybe two or three times in Atlanta over the time that I was there. I remember it specifically in a, in a game in L.A. too, where they would go out to start the game. And before that first batter came out, the umpire stopped the game and called the grounds crowd and they had to rechalk the boxes. And that's because, you know, the umpire stands in the same place all the time. The catcher sits down in the same place. The batters dig in and it's, you know, they can they they recognize when something's off. And so, you know, if a batter comes in like those times in Atlanta, the the leadoff batter was digging in for the visiting team and he just noticed that home plate was not where it normally is, (laughs) even just by an inch or so. And we've talked about it when Ted Williams got a shipment of bats and he held them in his hands and he sent them back and said, you know, these are, these are not the right weight. And they're like, what do you mean? You're kidding me. And then they measured them and they were indeed, they were like half a kilogram off. And he knew that just from holding it. An extra foot in front of the batter's box is going to probably uh, get people to notice. Yeah. Nice try though, Maury. <laughs> Maury. Yeah. So Maury was hired in the, at the end of the 1980 season. He finished that year with a 20 and 38 mark. And then he started the 81 season and was relieved of his duties after starting six and 18. So he finished 26 and 56. Pretty decent 30 games under 500. And he didn't even play, manage that many games. No. And surprisingly enough, he ranks third in that uh, Mariners history. That's that's false. I'm just that's grand. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's not true. Oh man! So anyway, I did this little report because I wanted to feel a little better about the poor decision making I've done lately, and I do. I feel a little better. I hope our listeners also feel a little better about themselves. Don't get hurt playing Guitar Hero, and and you know whatever you do, don't extend the the batter's box a foot out in front of home plate. All right. Well, let's class up this joint then. And uh, let's move into our final segment of the show. Let's move into a segment that we like to call, so we will continue to call, Wax Packs Heroes. Wax Pack Hero! Gotta pull a Wax Pack Hero! So we've started a new season here at Wax Packs Heroes. Uh, Mark, you have jumped out ahead three games to one after holding on by the skin of your teeth last week for a one cent victory over over me. I'm 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 asking for the game to be audited to see if maybe that one cent if it was legit, man. We just squeezed it out. You know, <laughs> we knew exactly what we needed. All right. So uh, this week we are going to play with a pack of the always beautiful 1990 Don Russ cards. Black speckled on red backgrounds, bad boys. Uh, there's quite a few cards in this set that were errors. This was a the, the quality control was awful this season. There are several cards worth over a, a dollar, some even two dollars if you get the error card. Um, but uh, let's do it. I, I'm going to let you choose. I've got a pack in my left hand, my right hand. Which one would you like? Um, you know, it was good to go with the right hand last week. I'm going to stick with it. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna mix it up here. I'm gonna take the one from the right side then. I'm tired of losing. You get the one from the left. I'll even right, go first right. if you want me to, but I am, I'm done with this. I'm, I'm taking your pack. I'm stealing you're trying it. trying to shake it up is what you're doing. I'm stealing it. Yes. yes. So I will give you the option. Do you want to, uh, you want to go first? You want to be the home team? Um, I want to be the home team. 
All right, then I will go first. So you get to go. I want I want to walk off, you know. All I want right. a chance at a walk off. All right, well, let's uh, review the rules here first before we get into it. We are using a May 1992 Beckett baseball card monthly, uh, so that these cards have some value. We've got a couple of extra rules, though. If you are sporting a mustache, you get an extra cent right off the bat. Good job. You're wearing real stirrups. That's beautiful. You get an extra cent for that. If you're wearing two-in-one stirrups, that's minus one cent because that's, that's lazy, and they don't look good. Uh, yeah. New rule is uh, that we've implemented this season. If you're wearing high top baseball shoes without your pants pulled down and we can see that you are wearing real stirrups, you're going to get minus another cent because even though they're real stirrups, it's a bad look. Uh, if you are sporting that same look, but they're two in ones, uh, that's another minus a cent because that's not good at all. That's really a bad look. Uh, if your mustache that you've already got a cent for uh, is super strong, a really good looking one. We're going to give you an extra scent. There are two scent mustaches this year. If you are wearing glasses of any sort, you get an extra scent. And uh, if you are wearing a sweatband with your caricature or your jersey number on it, you get an extra scent as well. And finally, if you're a Hall of Famer, you get an extra five cents. So I've got the pack that Mark chose for himself. I am stealing it and I'm going to open it up right now. Uh, I want you to know I am okay with this. <laughs> but we have so many rules now that it takes five minutes to go through the rules uh all right so we've got a carl yastrzemski puzzle in this uh we've got pieces 58 59 and 60 if you want them i'll throw a stamp on it and send it to you so let me know all you there you go all right our first uh my first card i'm just used to saying your first card because i always make you start out but uh here we go my first card is uh, outfielder for the detroit tigers it is tracy jones Ah, uh, sure. Tracy Jones, you know, wasn't he a good fourth outfielder or so? Uh, let's see. He's, uh, yeah, 90, 85 games uh, basically each year. So, yeah, not much, uh, not a not a, a starter uh, per se. Ended up pitching, uh, pitching, playing six years in the big leagues, though. Uh, career yeah. 273 hitter with uh, only 27 home runs. But uh, the worst thing about this is this card gives me no value. He's got no mustache. He's got no glasses. He's got no sweatbands. Can't see a stirrup. So, you're dead to me, Tracy. Yeah. All right. Next, I have got a Diamond King, which we know are, are great cards, but they're generally not worth anything. Here, it is uh, third baseman for the Toronto Blue Jays, Kelly Hans Gruber. Another solid, good ball player right there, that guy. Defense, offense, a little bit of power. Spent, uh, they spent his whole career in Toronto. Uh, so Kelly Gruber played from 84 to 93. Uh, his final year in 1993, he appeared in 18 games for the California Angels. Okay. Not really much value here. Uh, this is a painting, a drawing, if you will, but he is wearing real stirrups, and I'm going to give myself that one cent for, for that. But yeah, he was a good third baseman. I remember he, he was always on those teams that would play the A's and the ALCS, and the A's would yeah, mow him down. All right. Well, uh, speaking of Carl Yastrzemski, I have got a Don Russ Hall of Fame Diamond King. So nice. I, I've got a Hall of Famer here. It is a Carl Yastrzemski Diamond King card. I've not seen this before. And what it is, it's a card of the actual puzzle that we're trying to put together here. So that's good. It's worth three cents. I'll take that. Plus, he's a Hall of Famer. So that is an eight cent card. Ooh. Yeah, not bad. Solid. I wonder, Solid. Should, I give, should I get extra points for having uh, a Y and a Z and a K in his last name? I think you get extra points for that, right? You do if we're playing Wax Packs Heroes Scrabble version. Ah, well, then this next one would get me some points, too, because it's another Hall of Famer with a Z in his last name. Can you think do you, Hall, another Hall of Famer with a Z in his last name? But Yastrzemski and this guy might be the only guys. It's a Z. Yeah. Jeez. It's not coming to mind. Um, Pitcher for the Atlanta Braves. Zane Smith. <laughs> John Smoltz. Oh, Smoltz. Smoltz. Yes, of course. Yeah, so here he is, Hall of Famer John Smoltz, uh, wearing a wispy little mustache. So uh, let's see, this card, it was only his second year, but I doubt this card's probably going to be worth a whole lot. No, I'm, I stand corrected. It's worth eight cents. Get a cent for the mustache and five cents for the Hall of Fame. So Hi. that's a 14-cent card there from for me. I'll take it. Move me oh, up to 23 right. cents. Yeah, I, I literally stole this pack. Uh, okay, now this is weird because my this is my third card in a row with a guy with a Z in his last name. This guy, <laughs> some weird. people think should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't think so. 
It's a kind of a popular sentiment here, though, recently. He's a shortstop for the Seattle Mariners, most notably, I think, with a Z. Uh, yes, Omar Vizquel. There you go. Little O. Wasn't that his nickname, Little O? Uh, little Ofer. Little Ofer. <laughs> wow. Uh, this is his rookie card, even. But uh, no value in Beckett's. And uh, no value, no mustache, can't see his stirrups or anything. So nothing there for, for Omar. Great, obviously. Hall of Fame defense, but... I, I'm not sure that that gets you in the Hall of Fame because you know of the lack of offense. Something controversial I'm going to say, um, and we can talk about this later, but I think his defense was overrated. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. I, I'm, I'm literally shocked, so I'm going to move on to the next <laughs> card because I'm, I am literally speechless after that one. Um, next pitcher for the Baltimore Orioles, it is Pete Thomas Harnish. Harnish. Ah, uh, Yes. I don't remember him coming. He came up with the Orioles. I remember Harnish mainly with yeah. the Astros, I think. Yes. He was an Oriole and dealt to the Astros, and he was pretty solid for the Astros. Traded to the Orioles in 1991 with Steve Finley and Kurt Schilling to the Astros wow. for Glenn Davis. Wow. Oh, yeah, Glenn Davis. Solid home run hitter. Just didn't have a long career. Yeah, so those are some big names. That, that was a big trade. But uh, yeah. no value in Beckett. One cent because uh, he's got real stirrups here in the windup, but that is it. Next, we go to a pitcher for the Yankees. This guy has got a son in the big leagues right now pitching for the Houston Astros. It is Lance McCullers. I guess Lance McCullers Sr. Yes, Sr. No uh, no value from Beckett. Uh, he does have real stirrups on there, though, so I'm going to get uh, one cent for that, up to 25 cents. Just curious, uh, did uh, did Lance McCullers, do you remember, did he have a, a good curveball as well? I believe that was his best pitch. <laughs> I guess baseball reference doesn't tell us what his pitch selection was, but his nickname was Baby Goose. <laughs> that's an interesting nickname. Do you think that's for, for Goose Gossage? Could be. Maybe know. he resembled her style resembled it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Okay, next, uh, we might be getting a two-cent mustache here for uh, Cleveland pitcher Doug Jones. Oh, man, he is the master of the two-cent mustache. You know it. That thing that thing could scrub uh, a pan. It could, you know, it could very much replace a Brillo pad, I believe. <laughs> so Doug Jones was one of those, those uh, guys that was a pretty good closer for a good amount of time, especially uh, with Cleveland is where I remember him. He also had some good years with Houston. Pitched yep. for 16 years, actually, in the big leagues and ended up with 303 saves. And I, I, I'm looking at that and double-checking. Those are saves, not, uh, not games. <laughs> Not game's finished, no. yes. Okay, those are saves. Uh, card not worth anything, uh, but I'm going to give myself two cents there because that's a sweet lip brush he's got going on there. That's 27 cents. Oh, we literally just talked. This is a weird pack. Uh, a lot of things falling one after another. It is a Hall of Famer, and uh, it's not Baby Goose. It is The Goose. Goose Gossage here with the Yankees. Wow. Uh, no value from Beckett. It's funny because Goose Gossage on his baseball card, it just says Goose Gossage on the front. On the back, it says Richard, quote, Goose Michael Gossage. But on the front, <laughs> they're uh, they're leaning into the nickname. He's got a mustache. He's always had a good mustache. I'm not going to give him a two-center. But uh, he's a Hall of Famer and a mustache, so that's going to get me six, six cents right there. Brings me up to 33 cents. Uh, outfielder for the Seattle Mariners here, it is Darnell Coles. Darnell Coles, uh, yeah, I mean, he was a starter for part of the time and a fourth outfielder part of the time. Little guy, pretty quick, good defense, never really hit a ton. Yeah, it's a good looking, he's wearing the uniform that I like when the Mariners had the uh, the blue helmets with the gold S on it. I'm a fan mm -hmm. of that look. The, the a, 90s ones, yeah. It's a good looking uniform. So uh, Darnell has a mustache, but Darnell is also cursing me with those two and ones. So that's oh. a wash, no value from Beckett there. Talked about this guy quite a bit. I uh, had a lot of, a lot of things off, the, off the field that uh, made me not like this guy, including a one-handed catch when he overran the ball in Pittsburgh. Here he is for the Giants. It is Kevin Mitchell. Kevin Mitchell, not, uh, not known for um, his workout routine or being a decent human being. Or that. Yes. <laughs> Remember the 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 Braves had a, a Kevin Mitchell as well, or no, it's Keith Mitchell. That's who it was. It's Keith Mitchell. Uh, oh, yeah. Kevin Mitchell's nickname's World. <laughs> I think we've we talked about that before. Uh, Mitchell Monster, Tatanka. Remember, I'll bet you that was from Dances with Wolves, because uh, he was a big dude. 
Big dude. 5'10", 186. Tatanka. Tatanka was a, a wrestler in the WWF. Yeah, and I believe he was around, though, was it? He came around during when Dances with Wolves came out because Tatanka was, was how the Native Americans said buffalo. Okay. Uh, he, his fourth nickname listed here is Boogie Bear, which is my favorite. Boogie that Bear. sounds like a gross toy, you know, like a stub bear has come out of his nose. It sounds like know? a pet name that you would call your wife or your wife would call you. Boogie Bear. Boogie Bear. You know, Kevin was MVP in 1989 for the Giants. He yeah. hit 47 home runs, 125 RBIs that year, an OPS of 1.023. That's a 192 OPS plus and was wow. the MVP that year. That's pretty good. He was also on the 86 uh, Mets team. Remember, he was a rookie oh, that yeah. year. Of course. Card is worth three cents. He's got a mustache and he's got real strips. That's a five cent card for me. I'm pretty happy with my having stole your pack at this point. Yeah, so far you're, you're doing all right. All right, next we got a checklist, so that's a wash. Now, this guy we get a lot because we love him. It is Shawan Dunstan. Shawan. Shortstop for the Cubbies. Yep, no value in Beckett, but uh, you darn well know he's got real stirrups pulled up to his kneecaps, and he also has you know a, a good mustache. Not a two-center, but a good mustache. So that'll be a two-cent card for me. That's 40 cents. Uh, next pitcher for the Baltimore Orioles, Mark Williamson. Mark Williamson. I remember him. He was around a while, I think. I remember this name, but it might just be because of this card. Somebody that we pull yeah. quite often. He was he pitched for eight years, uh, had a record of 46 and 35, went 10 and 5 in 1989 with a 2.93 ERA. He's got real stirrups on, so he'll get me a one cent. But that is it. I got two cards remaining. This one, uh, this guy's uh, still playing, we assume. Uh, is, this is an all-star card here with the Texas Rangers. Second baseman, Julio Franco. <laughs> Julio Francisco Franco is still dead. Uh, Julio Cesar Franco is still alive and playing in South America, though. I'm sure he is under a, he's probably using the same name. Yeah, because he's, you know, he's probably, he's managing. And so he's probably just, you know, pencils himself in a couple times a week as the, uh, as the DH or something. <laughs> Of course. Officially, he played for 23 years, last for the Braves in 2007. At the age of 48. <laughs> Jeez. Oh. Julio, that's incredible. Uh, he's got real stirrups on, and he's got a mustache. Uh, card's not worth anything, though, so that'll get me two cents. That brings me to 43 cents. And uh, final card, not a Hall of Famer. I say that every time we pull this guy's cards. It is Barry Lamar Bonds. Uh, of course. Now, I'm disappointed because this is just a bust shot of his, his shoulders and head. Uh, he's got a mustache, but you know that he's wearing those Mims bands with his caricature on it. But he I can't see did. it. Uh, but that card is worth uh, five cents plus the mustache. That's a six cent card. That brings me up to 49 cents. So that is a strong pack for a, a 1990 Donruss pack. Yeah, definitely a decent showing right there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very happy with my uh, my stealing. So let's jump into your pack here and uh, see if you can best me. Wow, this sucker is glued to that back card. Um, you have, oh boy, your, your puzzle pieces go right next to the ones I pulled. It's 55, 56, and 57. So. Wow, okay. We'll keep it going. All right, so you're not starting off with a Hall of Famer, but you're starting off with a really, really, really good pitcher. A, a pitcher nicknamed Bulldog that is not in the Hall of Fame. How about that? Let me ask you that. Pitcher named Bulldog that's not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Because, you know, mm -hmm. obviously Greg Maddox is named Bull, nicknamed Bulldog as well. This is not Greg Maddox Bulldog. Uh, Joe Clink. No, that's the Colonel. Joe Clink. Oh, yeah. uh, Oral Hershiser. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oral yeah. Hershiser. Oh, this card's worth two cents right off the bat. He's got real stirrups. So that's good for you. You get three cents right off the bat. But wow. Never a mustache, though. No, Oral Horsheiser, just incredibly dominant in the playoffs in 1988. Yeah, he, I was going to, I'm going to do a story just on those two years where he was about unhittable. Yeah, so looking at this in 1988, in the World Series, he went, uh, pitched two games, two complete games, won both of them, 18 innings, seven hits, only two earned runs, uh, didn't give up a home run, struck out 17 and walked six. Uh, I mean, just, yeah, just incredible. Uh, what, uh, what, what playoffs he had, uh, really yeah. a great player. Um, 
But uh, like I said, uh, you you got three cents out of that, two cents plus the real stirrups. Next pitcher for the Minnesota Twins, it is Mark Guthrie. Woody Guthrie. Yes, was um, Mark Guthrie pitched for the Twins for quite a while. Was he a reliever? Yes-ish. Maybe you got a spot start. Uh, this, is his, this is his rookie card, so I've only got one year to look okay. at. 13 games, 57 innings pitched, so... Gotcha. Long relief, maybe a start or two, but uh, that is his mm-hmm. rookie card. So you get two cents, and he's got stirrups. So that's another three cent card. So chipping away, chipping away. You're being consistent. Uh, you get another twin. <laughs> You're really pulling some good ones. This this seems like a pack that I would normally get. Uh, <laughs> Tim Drummond, pitcher for the uh, the Twins. Uh, from different strokes, Mr. Uh, Drummond. Yeah, I was going to say this is not Mr. Drummond. No. Oh, then I don't know who it is. Uh, but again, it's a rookie card, so it's two cents, and he's got a mustache, so it's another three-cent <laughs> card. Way to go, Drummond, whoever you are. Yeah, so, I mean, if you keep this up, three cents per card, you're only going to end up with 45 cents. So I feel yeah. I feel confident if this is the route you're going to go. Hall of Famer coming, Hall of Famer coming. Uh, not quite. It is a pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies, Terry Mulholland. Oh, you know how much I like to talk about Terry Mulholland's pickoff move. <laughs> uh, let's see. Did, is, are they going to tell me how many how many pickoffs he had? Didn't Andy Pettit hold the record for pickoffs? I think so. Yeah, hundred and fourteen. <laughs> he had twelve yeah. two seasons and eleven another. Yeah, and then they just pretty much stopped running on him. <laughs> yeah, look. I mean, they through his entire career, they only attempted eighty five stolen bases against him. And we're only successful on 35 of them. I mean, his catchers, I mean, Dutch was probably his catcher through a lot of this. Darren Dalton was probably a catcher. Sure. But yeah, you got to love that as a catcher. They're just not going to try to run on you. I know. Beautiful stuff. He, I used to love watching him pitch. And he, he's a good pitcher, too. It's just that the pickoff moves were absolutely stellar. Yeah, so that card not worth anything, but you do get uh, you do get one cent for the real stirrups for Mo. That was his nickname. Next, you've got a Diamond Kings. Uh, this is for the a pitcher for the Cubs, but it's Mike Bilecki, so I'm not sure that's going to get you a lot. Don't think so. In fact, that's going to get you nothing from Beckett. I'll give you uh, real stirrups, though, in that drawing, just like I gave myself. Okay. That's 11 cents. Next, you get a Hall of Famer, your first one. It is uh, an MVP card, though, so it's probably not going to be worth a whole lot, but it is one Mr. Calvin Edwin Ripken Jr. Cal... Cal, you got to love it. Thank you, Cal, for coming through for that five cents. Uh, so that's a seven cent card in Beckett plus your five cents. That's all you're going to get. So that's a 12 cent card. So that's not too bad. Bring you up to 23 cents. Uh, next, if this name had a, a, a comma JR period after it, you would get a Hall of Fame bonus. But you do not. It is his father, outfielder for the Cincinnati Reds. It's Ken Griffey Sr. Ken Griffey. Yeah, I had some. I got to spend some time with him. He's just a cool dude. No value from Beckett and uh, not wearing a mustache. Uh, no value there from that card. That's disappointing. Uh, next, second baseman for the Houston Astros. I know you love this guy, even though he's wearing two and ones. It oh. is Bill Doran. Yes, underrated second baseman could do a little bit of everything. Love him. One of my favorite players of all time. Uh, he looks good in this Astros uniform with the like tequila sunrise on the sleeves instead of the yeah. torso. But mm-hmm. uh, this is going to hurt you because he is no value, but he's wearing two and ones. So oh. he's going to minus oh. one cent for you. We even had a single guy, single guy with with glasses on of, of any sort. That's weird. Next, we have a rookie of the year, but that's that's it. And uh, he's with the Oakland Athletics here. He was part of that that run of rookie of the years in the late 80s for the A's. This is a switch hitting shortstop. It is Walter William Weiss. Walt Weiss, solid defensive shortstop. Could hit a little bit. Not a good manager. No, no, he kind of had a little trouble with that. Yeah. No, he was he was a good defensive shortstop, though. He Definitely. was. He was. Um, I hate to tell you this, though. There's no value. And as Walt did every time, I remember, he's wearing two and ones. So these, uh, these last two you. cards you've, you've lost two cents on, which is a shame. Uh, next, we have a member of the Nasty Boys, who I mentioned just a little while ago there. It is lefty Norm Charlton, the sheriff. The sheriff. One of my favorites. I, uh, when he was with the Mariners, he was just fun to watch. Just he's, He can make that ball do some nasty stuff. He was pretty fun to watch. Yeah, he's it's good look here. He is uh, wearing the, the reds with the pullovers, the Sansa belt pants. You know, the old time, old time look. 
But no value from Beckett, but he is wearing real stirrups. So you're finally going to get one of those cents back. You're at 22. You've got your second Diamond King card. Uh, again, though, not a Hall of Famer. It's uh, another guy that we pull quite often through, new, through a no-hitter for the Milwaukee Brewers and uh, also has been a pitching coach for a while. It's Chris Basio. Chris Basio threw a no-hitter for the Mariners. Oh, that's right. I was thinking of Teddy Higuera. Yes, I yes. was I was there for that no-hitter. It was pretty awesome to see. I remember that no-hitter. I remember because I was at school in Pullman on the other side of the state, and I was doing homework, but I was listening to uh, to the radio. So I heard Dave yeah. Niehaus call part of it. Oh, nice. That is not worth anything, though. I'll give you, I'll give you the, uh, it's kind of hard to even see if he's wearing stirrups, but I'm going to give you a cent because we typically just do that on those cards. Next, another pitcher for the Reds. It is Tim Leary. Tim Leary, the uh, drug doctor from the 60s and 70s. Yep, that's who this is, which makes it a very strange card. <laughs> you know what? Tim Leary was also, he's, he, this is going to sound weird, but he had the best right-handed pickup, pickoff move I've ever seen. Pitched 13 years, 78 and 105. So he had some struggles. He went 90 and 19 in 1990 for the Yankees, which is uh, not good. That was not a great team. Uh, let's see here. Pickoffs. He had 130. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry. That's put outs. That's put outs. Oh, I, I was going to say it doesn't shock me, but it does. It, and, and that does. I'm just going to throw it out there. I have clearly misread this. And uh, I gave you the wrong numbers for uh, Terry Mulholland. Uh, that is pickoffs. That is not, or that is putouts. That is not pickoffs. So I'm going to fine you uh, just right now for not picking that up. Okay. Uh, there Bummer is for me. pickoffs here. Uh, Leary had 10 in his career. Now this is, this is lame because there are two columns that say PO, uh, hmm. but the, the pickoffs is clearly over here by the uh, stolen bases and other things. Sorry. Another thing is you can't really measure these guys just on pickups, pickoffs. You got to look at how many people try yeah. to run on. Them. Yeah, no, I, just... I, I agree. But I, I am seeing Terry Mulholland actually had 49 pickoffs officially. Still not bad. Yeah, yeah. not the uh, not the 114 that I mentioned. So <laughs> save it. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to. I don't want the emails. I, I picked it up. I got it. All right. Uh, Tim Larry, though, no, uh, no value uh, from Beckett, but he does have real stirrups. You're back up. To 24. Next, uh, wow, we got a lot of guys with a Z in their last name today. Here is a pitcher for the Royals nicknamed Goobs. It is Mark, Mark Goobaza. You got it. Mark Goobaza. Good pitcher in his own right. Yeah, no uh, no value though from Beckett, but uh, he's got some real stirrups going on there for you. So you're you're up to 25 cents now with just a couple of cards left. Need a miracle. Yeah. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to need some help here. Uh, pitcher for the Chicago Cubs getting ready to throw a fastball here. That's a good-looking card. Les Lancaster. Don't know who Les Lancaster is. I remember him because uh, this was definitely when I was watching the Cubs on WGM. He was a middle reliever, I believe. Uh, Les Lancaster, no value. Les Wayne Lank. I just love to say their middle names for something, like they're serial killers or something. But uh, <laughs> Les Lancaster, uh, no value. He's got real stirrups. Got a good uh, good head of lettuce coming out of the back of the, the hat, but no value for that. This is your third Diamond King of this pack, which if we were collecting Diamond Kings, this would be a great pack. But right. it is uh, uh, Joe McGrain, who we, we seem to pull every week because we I say get, Joe McGrain headache. We do get the, uh, not tonight, I have a McGrain quite often. <laughs> no value. Uh, I'll give you a cent because it's uh, a Diamond King, so I they're always going to give them real stirrups there. And your final, well, I gave you a cent, but then your final card is wearing two and one. So I'm going to take yeah. it right back. And uh, I'm afraid the miracle is not going to happen today because your final card is pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals, Frank DePino. You tell me Frank DePino ain't worth at least a buck. I am telling you that Frank DePino is worth nothing. Nada. Nunca. Zero. Zero. Zilch. Well, then I guess I, uh, I must bow to your... Your extreme talent. Yeah, I'm pulling better cards. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna let you pick the pack for now on. I'm gonna just gonna take that pack because that (laughs) was a blowout. Final score. (laughs) uh, I came in with 49 cents. Mark came in with 26 cents. That'll pull me closer. It's three to two now in the in the new season here. Uh, You're you're only up by one, but uh, not uh, not your strongest pack. I had a really good pack with Bonds. I'll, I'll even throw Franco in there. Dunstan Mitchell. Goose as a Hall of Famer, Omar, good defense, Smoltz, Yastrzemski, Gruber, and Tracy Jones. So, yeah. You had a, 
You had starting players. I swear I had nothing but fourth outfielders. No, I, you absolutely had the pack I usually pull. 100%. <laughs> all right, so let's uh, let's start to wrap it up uh, right now. First of all, I'd like to thank, thank all of our listeners as usual. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Uh, appreciate it if you uh, wanted to share our podcast with anybody, with your friends, family, enemies, best friends, new friends, strangers. It doesn't matter. Tell them about it if you enjoy it. And uh, if you want to rate and review us, that always helps as well. We really do appreciate that. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us on social media, we actually heard from quite a few people this week. Kind of ran out of time here because we've gone a little long, but we got some people's uh, top five living players in, and we really do appreciate it. And maybe we need to revisit this. We can go over some of these uh, lists that we can't that were sent to us next week. But if you want to get a hold of us, you can do that as these people have through social media. We are at Two Strike Noise at T W O Strike Noise on both Twitter and Instagram. We are on YouTube as well. Just look for Two Strike Noise podcast there. Uh, Mark, uh, we've got some people that are, are reaching out via electronic email as well. We actually yeah. have one of those. You want to tell them about we it? We do. We have an electronic mail address. Two Strike Noise. Spell it out. Don't use that evil number two. T-W-O Strike Noise at gmail.com. Again, be happy to hear from you or uh, you can follow us. We post stuff there throughout the week. I'm sure we will be posting quite a bit. We'll be watching a lot of baseball this week, so... Uh, be sure to check us out there and also join us back next week. We've already got a good show lined up for you next week. We've got stuff about gangsters and Billy Martin and some other stuff coming in next week. So make sure to, to tune in for then. But Mark, I'm going to, I'm again, I'm going to pencil you in here. I'm not sure if you're, if you're going to be invited back, but I'm going to pencil you in to be back next week. Is that okay? Okay. All right. Don't sound too excited, but. Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> so, uh, thanks again, and we will see you on the next episode of Two Strike Noise. Thank you. God bless you. Have a great day. Bye.